Why Over Territory podcast on a beautiful August evening in Twins Territory. Uh, I'm co-host Woody. With me as always is co-host Dave. Dave, how are we doing? It's August. We're watching tons and tons of Minnesota Twins baseball. Life couldn't be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't uh, pick up from that intro where I usually have some sort of like 15 to 20 seconds of like filler with some sort of twins update, uh, the lack of filler might be leading you on to exactly how much we've been consuming post trade deadline, uh, twins baseball. But, uh, we have, I feel like we have been following probably more than 98% of the, the fan base, but, uh, that doesn't say a lot for the 2% that we're amongst. I, I will say like having a pick em, uh, league also has really increased my interest in what's going on with the Twins, uh, albeit because I've oftentimes picked teams that the Twins are playing this week, being the Reds, which worked out pretty well for me. Um, uh, that and, you know, I, I as we're running around here, like I, I feel like a great barometer for how little outside of the trade deadline, like I have touch base is like I usually religiously listen to twins games and I don't think I've tuned into one this whole week which is which again it's not a great sign I saw that the tv numbers like Aaron Gleeman had we tweeted out about this are down like something 40 to 50 percent and this is like a larger larger issue but yeah it's it's a beautiful August here in Minnesota we've got some rain but not so beautiful for the 48 and 64 Minnesota Twins baseball team uh, that plays just a little bit to the west of us here, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 tough when you get to like the dog days of summer in August already. Like oh. we could be, let me just get the, the math slightly correct here. We could be like 75 and and 42 right now like just absolutely killing it and people would just generally be like slightly disinterested in the team as is right because it's just how august works you get past the all-star break and the home run derby and the trade deadline and trade deadline you're always peaked up regardless right if you're in it or not and then august always comes it's just this like ugh part of the season you kind of everyone you know what the teams are like no one's shocking you here everyone's just kind of managing injuries and trying to like preserve themselves for for september and then to, to top that off this year, we get a, a nice, real solid, uh, again, I believe tied for best odds in the division to win the division just a short four months ago, uh, is now currently 47-64, and 64, uh, fifth place, because same wins as the Royals, I believe. The Royals have just have, like, lost two less games or something. But, uh, yeah, uh, great season where we're on pace for... 64 wins <laughs> uh it's it's and we we've been in this space i think for these conversations in the past couple months now all of this also needs to take into account you've mentioned it a couple times already here 
is that we just got past the end of July trade deadline, which might be the A, B, and potentially C talking topics uh, outside of a Byron Buxton injury for this entire season. And as we were kind of putting this together, again, I, I, I posed to you that we could kind of start high and discuss what happened for the trade deadline and I think get some initial thoughts on it. And then I'd love to kind of take a longer view of the trade deadline and the aftermath, not only for this season, but seasons to come. And I'm really interested to see what if, if, if any optimism we're able to pull out of this trade deadline, how quick or how long it can last in the, in that long-term estimation. So that's what, that's what I'd really like to see where we go with that, because I'm, 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 I'm not sure exactly where I fall on that. Uh, I think this season has beaten down all optimism to an extent where I, I we'll see, uh, we'll see where like, as we've been through this meat grinder of a season for the twins, where that leaves us kind of like with a hollow space inside of our baseball souls, so to say at present. And was this trade deadline enough to pour some fuel back in there to keep the engine running or. (laughs) As I see Woody just shake his head and kind of look up. (laughs) So uh, let's start there. Trade deadline hits the, the twins are what one of the, first or second clubs to make a move with the Nelson Cruz trade. And that really kind of kicked things off for the twins club, at least. Yeah. I'm trying to go through transactions here to, to be able to pull it all up from, from, uh, from July. And I'm now very quickly realizing that uh, ESPN is terrible for this. So I'll be finding a new page here as we, quickly figure this out but yeah so we started with the nelson curious trade uh brought back the tampa bay rays 10th and 14th best prospects might be like 10th and 17th as well uh the we all saw that kind of coming i think that's kind of something we talked about last time uh which apologies now where i realized that it did not upload correctly as i definitely thought it did um, so that is a nice ghost episode that we're going to refer to probably a couple times. Um, but yeah, so like the, the Nelson Cruz trade happens, um, we get back and we talked about this too. It must've been a good enough, uh, deal where the front office felt like this is something. Yep. Because we were saying, like, the value is just not there. And rightfully so for a 40-year-old, even though he was our best player. Um, and arguably the best and, like, probably most trusted designated hitter in the American League at, at the time. Um, in terms of just, like, the last five years included in that, not just this year. But, yeah, uh, when that trade happened, I'm not going to lie, I was like, well, we're going to get absolutely nothing for any of these guys if this is, like, what we're starting yeah. at. We thought this was the the peak of it. Yeah. I thought, like, this was a really telling, like, point of how other teams viewed our players and viewed our front office of whether it was, hey, I think these guys can be had and they're just kind of a bunch of jokers in the front office there. Hey, they don't really know what they're doing. Hey, they overvalue the wrong things and are willing to take back, like, pennies on the dollar comparatively in, in trade value just to move guys to get, like, money off the books. You know, is are the are the owners putting pressure on them to to clear cap in, in in that way too? 
it just didn't start off great. Um, like I fully expect to for one of these two pitchers to never pitch for the Minnesota Twins at the professional, like the major league level. Um, maybe one of the you know twenty four and twenty five year old though, like not great. But uh, yeah, what were you thinking on the uh, the Nelson Cruz trade? Yeah, I think that that's a great like point of saying like it started out if this if that was going to be the first domino to fall, and we had talked about that too early on about don't be the last team to make a deal, right? Like if, if Nelson Cruz is moving, move him and, and start the process. So I guess we we're, were both kind of hoping that something would happen and resign to the fact that yes. Uh, so they, they made this deal for the two, uh, I believe, right-handed pitchers, correct? I'm just checking if uh, Mr. Drew Stortman is a, a righty as well. Because Joe Ryan was kind of like the, the key name in this. So like you said, 25-year-old AAA dude. It's on the Olympic team, so of course we've been like hit with like now Twins prospect starts two games for the Olympic team, and you're like, mm, don't don't think that's going to matter in the long haul. I will say that Joe Ryan immediately jumped up to be at the time of the deal like the number seven or six guy in some lists for Twins prospects. So I mean, he ostensibly could be the guy that's like, okay, you added what you've needed the most this season which is some degree of somewhat major league ready arms. So it's like, okay, great. We just lost Cruz, like things over, raising the flag. We're rebuilding for 2022, 2023. Fine. Let's, let's let this process start. And so from that standpoint, it was kind of like, yep. Okay, great. Like I, I was very much fine with this. And that was kind of like that estimation. Like, so your, your dollar is Nelson Cruz and we're getting 55 cents back here, 50 cents, 40 cents, but it's, it's money back to, to some degree. So that that's where I started from, from the perspective of like, okay, yep. That makes sense. That computes. And then I, then I built myself up Woody to be like kind of buying into what I feel is the ultimate hype machine of trade deadline being like, well, it's logical that the twins will move Pineda Simmons, then there's rumblings of Buxton being made available and maybe Donaldson, like the Brewers were taking a sniff at Donaldson. So that's where I kind of found myself in the immediate like post Nelson Cruz world was just kind of like radars up, like this thing's getting closer, expect these names to move. And that really, I feel was nowhere near what happened for this trade deadline. Yeah, it. That's a good way to put it. Where it's like, because <clears throat> we were the first, I mean, you know, probably not like the legitimately first team, but like it felt like the first big piece moved in terms of hey, <clears throat> two sides, right? One, a contender acquiring a very valuable piece that's going to be DH everydayness, right? So I guess playoff wise, that's that's relevant for an American League team in everyday like middle of the lineup kind of guy in Nelson Cruz to a contender, but also a team that people are like, hey, is this team a buyer or a seller? Are they staying? What are they doing? Officially saying we're selling. Um, and then, like you said, the, the, the list of guys that we – names that you could see moved, which like the top of the list was like like Pineda, was uh, Simmons. We were both hoping for Donaldson, but that contract is always going to be tricky for him. And like I guarantee you that – the twins were saying we are not paying any portion of his contract if you take him, which made it really hard. Um, 
But yeah, like even guys like a couple guys that did get moved, and we'll you know obviously cover these names you know in a little bit here. But we were hearing you know uh, Jay Happ. We were hearing uh, I don't Rob, Robles wasn't really a name I was hearing a ton about, but I don't think anyone cared about him. So I think that was more. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, okay, whatever. It was there's you know Barrios was higher on that list. Buxton, like you said, was higher on that list. Uh, at the end of it, Kepler was getting thrown in there. It's like at at some point. I think I just kind of accepted and realized, like, oh, we're trying to trade anybody. And, like, we're, we're, we're maybe more not trying to trade anybody, but we are definitely saying we're we're not only just listening to anybody, we're actively saying let's talk about our, to- our entire roster, please, like, let's, so we can figure out where we're at. But just to recap, the trades that did happen on the deadline day, so after uh, Nelson Cruz, which I think was, like, the 22nd, so July 30th rolls around, it was – uh, Jay Happ to the Cardinals for John Gant and Evan Sisk. It was Hansel Robles to the Red Sox for pitcher Alex Scherf. And then it was the big one, uh, Barrios to the Blue Jays for Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson. Uh, I think that's all of them. Um, so I think we made four in total, uh, which, yeah, I think that was, it was a little light just in terms of like real short, like, summary of like reviewing it even after i say that all out loud um it felt like we were in the makings of blowing it all up which was great i was like let's do it please do and then we stopped like we just like yeah we're good i don't know that that's kind of how i took it when when it happened and i think it's important because that's exactly where i where i'm kind of finding myself now in the aftermath but in that moment of finding out that barrios had been moved and that the return was not only simeon woods rich richardson who what number top five guy on Toronto's depth chart for their, their prospects, but also Austin Martin, who is somebody that we are familiar through speculative hobby interests where he was the marquee guy available in Bowman 2021. Like it's his first Bowman that everybody was moving that was selling at crazy prices. And all of a sudden to like flip the page, Barrios has been moved for two top five prospects in the Blue Jays prospect system, which has been incredibly lucrative for that club and has really launched them into contention these last two, three, four seasons almost with the likes of Vladdy, Bo, Biggio. I don't know if Biggio has really been that as effective, but like this is a proven farm system that has produced some really high caliber talent that's put their major major league club on the map. And we're swooping in and grabbing two of those for Barrios, a guy that certainly was under contract next year, but was never going to resign here. And in, in that moment, I was kind of like weighing out, well, 2022 is done over with, but look at the return. And I guess I just spent like two or three days just ecstatic about that return. And then there's like addition by subtraction with Hap and the other moves, Shoemaker moving or being DFA'd. And it was just kind of like, okay, there was these great, like, we're done, we're moving on. We got this small return for Cruz. Now we just amplified and put like two new names, right? Inject them like right in our number two, number three, maybe number one, maybe number two in our farm system. Like we just completely topped off the tank to an extent there with Joe Ryan, with Simeon's Woods Richards, with Austin Martin. It's like, boom, this is, this is great. Like, I feel like that's a deal that you make every single time. And in that there was, you know, the, the typical, I feel like you and I, a lot of folks would be like, hey, what did you think about that Twins deal? I heard they traded Berrios. That's sad. Like, no, it's great. Like, we just 
do you understand? Like we've got massive potential talent back at a time that we need that. And then the rest of that trade deadline too, I was kind of expecting a little bit more. So I stayed hot, Woody, like excited about these two guys coming in especially. But now I'm kind of in this weird space of being like, they don't have anything for next year. Like nothing. Like Jose Barrios was the piece that you needed, absolutely needed to hang on to in order to like compete in any semblance 2022. And he's gone. So wait, what the twins are going to be doing what next year? Because Michael Pinedo is not a name that should have moved. Like I'd entertain moving Kenta. Like if if you're really going into the space of Barrios, if he was moved, like then I, I guess I was kind of expecting so much more to happen to the point where I created an internal at work uh, update on our new like Google Currents site where I was like twins trade deadline and had invited several like closest work friends who also follow the twins, you know, in the expectation that like 15 different updates there at the end of the evening and they never came. And I think for me, and I would love to get your thoughts on this. What does this mean for not just 2022, but 2023, 2024? Because I look around here and it's like, unless Simeon's Wood Richardson is going to be able to, you know, throw meaningful major league innings, which he's at double A ball at the age of 20 right now. Like <laughs> this team has no starting rotation next year. You have the same cast of characters who let you down so badly in your rotation or uh, in your bullpen. And that was our downfall as a ball club this year. Whereas I think there's lots of enthusiasm you can kind of find on the offensive side or reasons to kind of be excited about players. I just see nothing pitching wise for next season. And there were, there were, there weren't those moves to like further stock that pool of talent at double A AA and triple A. So I, I'm wondering what were your kind of initial thoughts with the Barrios deal? I, I fully admitting to be like, this is a great deal. This is, this is the step the organization needed to take. But now I feel like I'm in the space of like, it wasn't enough. And I, yeah, it, I'll start with the Barrios part. Uh, I think I texted yeah you and cousin Scotty who we had just what two weeks prior to that told him to to sell all uh, and all and anything related to uh, Austin Martin, <laughs> which I think he made a healthy profit <laughs> on. So you're welcome. Which cousin don't Scott. get me wrong, that I still think that was probably the right move, and this is more of a baseball prospecting uh, hobby kind of thing rather than a, how I actually feel about Austin Martin. I will say. I do enjoy – so Austin Martin is our number two prospect, according to MLB prospects. Royce Lewis somehow is our number one. <laughs> they are both 22 years old, which I also was kind of like, okay, sweet. Like the top five guys, Woody. Duran's 23, Balazovich 22, Simeon's Wood Richardson 20, Austin Martin 22, Royce Lewis 22. It's like, there we go. Now, are we going to let them play next year? And that might be – the big question here. So I don't think you let a 20 year old be on your starting rotation, but I just all of a sudden talked myself in some degree of excitement. So go on. I I would like to look it up. It's something I should have probably gotten research on or prepped for a little bit better. Like the last 20, let's yeah, let's do that. The last 20, 20 year old starting pitchers 
who were they and like how well did they do in the first like two I've or got Barrios pulled I'm... up right now on Baseball Reference. Okay, started at the age of twenty two for the Twins, three and seven. Okay, pitched fifty eight innings, so probably you know late season September call up, if not a little bit earlier. Yeah. He started fourteen games, twenty seventeen as a twenty three year old. He of course went fourteen and eight. Pitched 145 innings on its way to 190 and then 200 inning seasons in his 24th and 25th season. So, I mean, sure. like 22, 23, Barrios, the example right there. And that's 22, 23. Like, I'm thinking of like, hey, Simeon Woods Richardson, you'll be 20, <laughs> 21 next year. Uh, there's a guy named Madison Bumgarner who hit 2010, 2011, uh, was a starting pitcher. And, I don't know. He turned out pretty well. Um, all he did was win, what, three World Series? They went, what, 14, 12, and 10? I think it was those four years, right? Or three years? Um, so, I was, yeah, I, was, I guess I was kind of thinking more in that that mold. But, yeah, the I I love the haul we got back from Barrios. The, the word out on him was, yes, we had him under roster control for next year, but he had pretty much told us, that he was testing free agency. And as soon as you hear that with that kind of guy, and especially thinking, hey, he's hanging around always at like 3.4 ERA. He's going to be about a 16-8 and eight record. He's going to strike out 160 to, you know, high, let's go high end, 220, 230. Um, and you never know in, in contract years, which have always shown guys lock in. Look at Trevor Bauer last year, right? Wins a Cy Young, granted, in 60 games only, but whatever. Um, there's plenty of other examples uh we weren't gonna we, we weren't gonna be able to match and he and it sounds like he was like i'm interested in best deal like i if it's you guys great but i'm probably gonna get 85 90 percent of garrett cole money and the twins have never been comfortable doing that especially for a starter who's has zero cy youngs who has i believe zero seasons sub three era I don't think he has any 20-win season. You know, so it's not like he's a dominant guy, and then they want to sink 25 to $30 million a season into him for seven years. So to get this haul back for him, knowing that stuff, and that's part of the value for me, I was all I, – I, yeah, like I said, I texted you, texted Sky, texted a couple other people. I'm like, this is a great deal. And I saw a lot of people, like social media or whatever, being like, I'm done with the Twins. Like, it just shows that they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, no, this actually shows that you're a fan that has no idea what's going on. And that's the bigger thing. Like, you, this should be, hey, I'm in. I expect a discount on season tickets, but I'm willing to sign yep. up for a 20-game plan for yep. next year, whenever that is. So the Barrios trade specifically, I, I think we did we did so well to, like, we have six guys in the top 100 in the farm systems list now, which is huge. Uh, I, I It sets us up where, again, like the guys you mentioned, where it's like it Duran 23 – we have Simeon Woods Richardson, who's 20, 20 years old. Um, Blazovic, Balazovic, however that's going to be pronounced in that we uh, Eastern European last name. He's 22. Like, those, that's three of your five starters for the next six years is right yep. there. Done. Yep. Right? And granted, unless, you know, obviously, like, one could suck and, all, you know, there's all these things. But, like, you're, you're set there. Now, the, the hope is this isn't just, like, a rerun of 2008 with, like, a Blackburn, Scott Baker – uh, Kevin Slowey run right. I don't think it is, but I works for me. And and then you you then that's why where I pick up like Joe Ryan as unsexy as that is. It's like well he's a twenty five year old who's thrown at the AAA level. 
he is starting next year. So like this is just kind of sitting here going back and forth. It's kind of like, so Austin Martin is like icing on the cake. Like, shoot, man, I would have traded Simeon Wood Richardson for Barrios straight up, kind of in a chance of not straight up. I don't know if I'm that going to go that far, but you're like, that would be a great, I would consider a great return. So now you add Austin Martin in there. Clearly Blue Jays kind of like pushing chips in and like great deal for them. Uh, Barrios has dealt well in both starts he's made. You know, just has it's got like one earned run in twelve innings. So you're getting what you what you asked for in him. So good for the Blue Jays, cheering hard for them. But so if that's the case, Woody, if you're going to say like I'll take a discount on season tickets, but I'm in on this, then effing play these dudes. I just as you were going through, I was like going back through. Well, let's see what Walker Bueller did. Well, he played at his level. He played couple years in the minors literally two years in the minors and was up with the dodgers at the age of 22 so like okay balazovich duran you've got your couple years like we're gonna need you to step up and throw the ball in the big leagues next year joe ryan you're in kenta you're in because that that's it and i I, if we have to sit and watch bailey ober and other guys that they are currently trotting out is just like forget it. it like what's the fucking point if you're going to do that, that's, that's where I'm like, that's my one kind of big concern is that's going to be like the Garrett Jack and Bailey Ober show next year, because they're like, well, we, we can't commit to Balasovich or Duran or any of these hard throwing guys that you've, that you've had at that level, double A and triple A. So this gives me a degree of hope to be like, well, Simeon's Wood Richards is probably not going to be at that throwing at the major league level, like Duran Balazovich better damn well be this next season. Or like, then you're really, you're not building towards anything. And we've talked about this at length about like Kirilov, Larnak, Rooker, like just having these guys sit around their 22, 23, 24 year old seasons is just like, and at that point in time, we had a good club, but right now it's just like, why are these guys not playing every day? And they are. So there's that. But there's still a couple question marks with with what they've put together offensively here too. No, yeah, it valid points. Um, so you're saying that you're not going to go out and buy a Griffin Jacks jersey uh, anytime soon? I was gonna I was gonna see what the the starting rotation was for this next series here, and as I as I consider who to pick in the Pick'em League, <laughs> but it, it, I don't know if you want to look at that. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just that that deal alone kind of, again, riding that high. And now I think it helps me having this conversation think a little bit, but I'm, I guess I'm just still, so I want the immediacy and I'm willing to accept another 62 and 100 year season next year. That's fine. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. That's why you made this deal to get these guys up here to, to see what you have, because if I'm this front office, like you have to do that because this plan A did not work. How quickly can you transfer to plan B? Which brings up the other big question mark I have is if you were willing to trade Barrios and basically put the nuclear option on 2022, why didn't you move Michael Pineda? Why is Andrelton Simmons still fucking playing when you have Nick Gordon who can play short second along with Polanco that those two 
why those two guys are still playing and still in Minnesota Twins jerseys is beyond me. And maybe there's needs to be a moment of reckoning, like, hey, there's 20 other teams that are selling and they're selling pieces that are much better than Andrelton Simmons, even on like a rental contract. And you're just stuck with Andrelton Simmons now because you signed him. But I'm just, that, that one's the one that makes me, all that enthusiasm kind of is lessened by the fact that they didn't move those other pieces and that for some reason Pineda is still throwing. And maybe they don't feel Balazovic or Duran comes up this year or anybody else at AAA is ready to step up and eat those innings because they have to give some to Bailey Ober right now. No disrespect to Mr. Ober and everything that he gets to do in a major league level, but it's still like why Pineda is still here, why Simmons is still here. And you're still going to be freaking albatrossed by goddamn Josh Donaldson next year. So. I. No, yeah. Valid points. The Pineda one, I'll start there. One, if if you if I were to tell you that who's older, Kenta Maeda or Michael Pineda, um, and I was then to tell you it's it's actually Kenta Maeda is older by a year. Um, like, that to me is just, like, mind-blowing. Um. But again, I think Maeda got off to a late start, all that stuff. I, so it all makes sense once you think about it. But like, I think that the, the, the assumption is that Maeda is like a 29-year-old that we traded for when we made that trade last year. And he, no, he was 31 going on 32 last year in the middle of like a really friendly contract. But when that comes up, he's going to be a 34-year-old who is about to complete a season in which he's pitched 18 games, is 4-4 four and four with a 4.65 ERA, and... Uh, 99 strikeouts so like e um he's an era plus below 100 he's at 90 uh pineda on the other hand grant the win loss and we all know win loss isn't like this perfect stat uh four and seven three eight three era in 16 starts uh doesn't strike anybody out but that doesn't really shock anybody he has 70 of those um but like and his whip is 0.1 lower than pineda's or then Maeda's. Um, Michael Pineda is going to be on this team in 2022. If. Now, what the his contract's up this year from what it under, from what again, just from Lavelle Neal and other people uh, that you know are obviously like connected with the Twins is a, there's a mutual like interest. He wants to be here, and we want him because we need five pitch. We need seven starters to get through a season, right? So we just need a guy. He's a veteran. He. He likes being here. Again, the stats are good. It's just we don't feel like we've necessarily supported him in the ways a pitch-to-contact guy probably needs to be supported. I can get behind that. But, like, we better not be running, like you said, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jacks, Pineda, Maeda, and then fill in the blank with one of those guys. If you create the spots with trades this year, and hopefully more in this offseason you keep creating those spots, don't fill them with 31-year-old veteran journeymen. Like, Fill them with the guys that you want to be the guy in two to three years. And we, we've talked about this ad nauseum, and I'm pretty sure that's the term. I, but that might be that. There's Right there's our uh, our title for the episode. Yeah, pretty much. We're between the outfielders, uh, which, again, we have three corner outfielders for two corner outfield spots, and they're all roughly the same age. But if you keep waiting for Krilov, Larnick, and uh, Brent Rooker, and you keep sitting on them because you have guys, and you don't move them for other pieces that could have helped you maybe win a freaking playoff game in the last three years. Brent Rooker at 23-24, instead of holding on to him to be a 26-year-old rookie that bats 184 in his rookie season with plenty of opportunity to play right now, 
right? And now we're kind of looking at like, well, he's twenty. If he was twenty-two and batting one eighty-four, that's one thing. He's twenty-six. Like that could have been the eighth inning reliever that we needed to get out of a a, a jam and not walk with the bases loaded to lose a game against the Astros last year, right? So it's like all these things of if you create the spots, give them to the guys the spots are there for. And that's the always the fear I have with these with these with the Twins where it's like we have this insistence on uh you know like we should probably give John Gant a chance. Yeah. No. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't give him a chance. Like don't do that. Uh so, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of where and I'm And that, that's kind of that leads right into the um, why is Nick Gordon not playing and why are you giving time to Williams, Ostadio, and Jake Cave? Why? Why? Why, for the love of God? Why? But if, Nick, if Nick Gordon stinks, like, grand, then, you, I, I, like, what's he doing at AAA? Why is he in the minors right now? And again, Nick Gordon, 25. Sounding like Nick Gordon's 21 or 22. Or even 23. At least Kirillov's 23. But, like, Asadio is batting 266. But, like, yeah, we it we know who he is. And if you want him as the third catcher slash utility guy slash clubhouse guy, cool. But, like, you got to figure out what to do with Gordon because you have between Royce Lewis, Austin Martin, and now Polanco, who is now our best yes, hitter again, which great. is great to see. And at first $7 million a year. I, what are we doing with Gordon then who's, again – if you look at ages, I think Gordon's three years younger than Polanco and has played like what a thousand less games. Uh-huh. So it it's just really and, and Luis Rice, you don't know what he's going to do with him. I so you assume you're going to move him to, to third. The dude doesn't have an arm to play third base for 162 games. You need a th- and and we all we both know this is kind of how we feel. Like Donaldson get hit like he's number one on my he's one two and three on my list for this offseason to get to get rid of and we'll, we'll get to him eventually. But like yeah it. We have a lot of things that seemingly aren't really hard answers or questions to answer, but we're really making it hard on ourselves to, to figure it out for some reason. So th- this gets to the, kind of that question of, so when's this team going to be 500 again? Because it ain't going to be next year. <sighs> well, I mean, does zero and zero count for 500? <laughs> If we just don't play a season <laughs> there, next year, there is that. There I, is that, that. That's, that's my that's my one obligatory yeah, I'll, I'll, obligatory I'll one, uh, lockout. One more season job, of but. not having Bryce Lewis get a chance to play at a minor league or major league level would just be so heartbreaking. It would be like the peak, like Minnesota Twins timing thing. Like everybody bitches and moans about like that. All oh, the Twins or Minnesota sports. No, it's like poor timing is what we're coming down here to. These are decisions that are made that have turned out incorrect that that's that's just, we we've we've pinpointed it so if nick gordon can't or excuse me if if Bruce lewis does not play next year oh god i mean that would be the most that that would be on point for this so let's go ahead and say just because the market and the investments that you and i have made in Bruce lewis <laughs> uh we're playing 2022 and we get to, Woody, we get the chance to see what we want to see. We want to see young arms in the starting rotation being asked to go out there and take a baseball and throw it. We are seeing Royce Lewis play, Kirloff, Larnick. We are seeing, hopefully, a healthy Garver-Jeffers combination. We are seeing a different third baseman on this team. And maybe, just maybe, 
Byron Buxton in center field. Does that team have any chance of being 500 next year? Against a White Sox team that's going to be trotting back, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel, and whoever stud other arm they have in their rotation. As well as, you know, anybody else they hang on to from this World Series run. So when you put it that way of... That's who we're competing with in the center. Hypothetically. Right. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you you assume that like step, the Tigers, the Royals, or the Indians—not sorry, not the Indians. My bad. Was it the Guardians? Um, to be determined. One of those three teams are also going to like figure something out to get to that eighty-ish wins, right? So they're going to be a really competitive team. Um, n- my answer would be no. I don't think we're five hundred with that team. The the hypothetical young guys, young pitching staff, Bucks in center field. But I I would prefer that option to a more competitive team if we get to play those guys so like i in in a dream scenario we go 72 and 90 next year because we played all these guys september comes around we call up austin martin uh september's around simeon woods richardson has pitched four or started four games and got absolutely shelled in two and looked promising in the other two um i i think that's where i'm more interested in seeing yet you have to take those lumps but again if you throw those guys out there that we should like we should be getting excited about if we can get Royce Lewis on the field if we can figure out the Arias Polanco Nick Gordon like thing of we got three of you guys for two of these positions like we got to figure that out Buxton you're healthy we got you under contract like an extension like all we can do all those things and then you can promote that of like this is the core this is what we're going into 2023 and beyond and we feel really good about it and we also have some things in the farm system we're gonna have a good draft pick this year right to maybe go out and get an elite arm like the Dodgers did this year with Scherzer. Uh, I, you know, there's plenty of things there. Uh, the the Padres, I think, have like nine starters that are all better than any starter we've had outside of Barrios for the last five years, right? We could probably go pluck one of those guys for pretty cheap. Like, put yourself in that position, but to do that, you've got to do the right thing in 2022, and that's to not go and waste $45 million on Colton Wong and Jorge Soler and Pablo Sandoval, like just run-of-the-mill guys. Like just ignore it. Uh, charge us $17 for a pint of Coors Light, and let's just call it a day on 2022. And if we get to go to the ballpark five times next year and go see Royce Lewis and Kirill off playing every day and Buxton, fingers crossed he's healthy, and Belazovic throwing and right talk of Simeon Woods-Richardson dominating AAA – We'll go do that. That that that's truly being a supporter. That's truly being a fan. I'm like, yeah, let's get behind that yeah. team. But if we have to go watch like Josh Donaldson again batting 242 at third base, and Miguel Sano yep. playing first base, you know, it's like all that stuff. Then it's like, oh man, I, I mean, I'm not gonna like abandon the Twins, but you can you can find me over at CHS Field more than you'll find me at Target. Which, which is the again, wait, what? If the clubs already, if your major league clubs at CHS. Why are they not playing at Target Field? Like, God damn it. Turn CHS into the land of Bailey Overs and be like, oh, yeah, Balazovich just can't pitch this week. He's out in the dial for 10, 10 days. Then Over comes up. You Bo Burrows pitches them. Like, I so 2022, off the books if we get our way. I think it's even more, it, like the probability of us being a, 500 club 
with Snow and Donaldson and you name it for, you know, the, the, this rent-a-starter thing is like even less than it is right now. But 2023, I would also caution, like probably not, you know, going to maybe the window kind of all of a sudden opens up unexpectedly. And like you said, we move to pick up a proven guy at the top or higher end, like Carl Pavano carried the twins to a potentially their best chance at a world series. What a decade ago now. Roughly. Right? Yeah. Like 11, 11 years ago, Carl yeah. Pavano in, in like some young sling and arms as well. But Carl Pavano is the kind of guy like that. Then, then you bring in to like add that depth, that, that big horse to kind of get things done. But that's a conversation for 2022, 2023, I guess. Yeah. It's again, I just, I just, like the idea of because because the last five to seven years we've done this thing where it's like let's bring up one guy at a time and just and yeah i get there's some clubhouse elements to it and all that other stuff and i get that but like let's go make sure that we're not waiting and counting on a guy that might not be it because that's what keeps getting us in these positions of shoemaker here we go right of Pineda, here we go J Hap, here we go, right? It's like, oh, we got to fill that extra spot that this guy was supposed to be, but he wasn't that. Like, let's figure that out. When we have a probably realistic 2022 and 2023 are probably throwaway seasons. You got two seasons. You have 320 some odd games to figure out who are these guys and can we trust on them in, in what way, right? I don't think we need all these guys to like all of a sudden be – you know, the next Scherzer, the next Strasburg, the next, you know, whatever, uh, Garrett Cole. Like, who's that's all who's your Jack Jones? Who is your? Christian Guzman, right? Who's your Matt Lawton, who you can turn into Rick Reed? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Figure out where you're at and get a real assessment, right? Don't just evaluate. Get an assessment. Where are we? Who are these guys? And what does that look like in terms of how do we get ourselves to 97 wins? And instead of just being like, well, we think we can get to this point and this guy's going to do this for us. And then like, let's just go one at a time. No, just like, let's figure them all out. And then where do we need to kind of maybe move some guys around to best support whatever this core is. And I don't know what the core is going to be. Jorge Polanco is doing a really solid like campaign right now of trying to figure, say, I'm one of these guys please just move me back to shortstop as soon as you dump Simmons this year. Cause he's batting like two twenty. Um, but you know, I, I, I think the core is going to be Buxton, Polanco, Kirillov. Okay. So that's a pretty solid, like two, three, four hitter, right? So font Arias at the leadoff spot or I guess cleanup. He's kind of doing it right now. Um, so there's your top four. So you need Four more guys, and then a catcher that's serviceable. Garver has swung a decent bat at times, and like the dude, like had incredibly not life-threatening, but like life-altering surgery halfway through the season and bounced back. Jeffers has been serviceable, so it's just we'll we'll, we'll talk at length about I think like off-season what to do with first and third. And I love your like one, two, three number thing to do is Josh Donaldson see ya like just didn't work out we're not going in that direction do whatever you need to do to to, to get that 20 million dollars off the books if it means to pay somebody else like 5 million 10 million a year to do that for us do it 
That's what 2022 and 2023, as of August 8, 2021, are all about for flyover territory. And I, this is like full recognition, Woody, right? Like that could go horribly wrong. You could find out that Kirloff actually is not that great and that Polanco doesn't want to be here and doesn't want to be a part of that and Buxton can't stay healthy. And then where are we? Well, at least you tried. Then we then you draft and you build the damn thing back up because that's the only painful way to do it. And you hope you get Bobby Witt Jr. to come along and jumpstart your entire franchise. Watch out for yeah. the Royals. How how yeah. I was say, how unlucky are the Royals? I feel like every like seven years they just have this like game changing prospect all the way back to like Carlos Beltran, right? So it's like and they just can and Zach Grinky is another great one, right? They just cannot figure out how to like I guess they did win a World Series in what, twenty fifteen. So it's called him some slack. Yeah, right. And it just ran into Madison Bumgarner playing out of his absolute mind. But like so it did pay off. It took him thirty years for it to pay off, but it's like now they're just right back to 2008, 2009, where it's like, oh, what do we do? Keep in mind, like, the Royals were, like, the best club in the mid-'80s as well. So, I mean, it's all, it's like it's peaks fair. and valleys. So, like, trying to stay at, like, some kind of gradual upslope. No. Dynamite the freaking thing. Have it cave in on you. And out of the rubble arises the new get to know them Because we already know them, And they're already, you know, consistently ranked pretty high. I don't think, like the likes of Jack Jones or Corey Kosky or Doug Mankiewicz, wherever like top 100 baseball players. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Like we built the playoff empire for back-to-back season, back-to-back-to-back seasons out of nobodies and just a well-managed like club that knew what it was about and Johan Santana. But like, we've got potentially more talent right now. So let's see what that talent is. Let's forget evaluations. Let's move forward with assessment. Please, Minnesota Twins, we need that. Because hopefully Woody and I will be there on Friday and we will be unfurling a large banner from center field, right, with this exact verbiage. Or to an articulated point. <laughs> I Yeah, we'll have to come up with a couple, I'm assuming, because I'm, I'm always a big fan of just having like the multiple banner guys or just like the multiple sign guys out there. But <laughs> We are heavily invested in Royce Lewis. Please play the 2022 season. <laughs> uh, I think on that note, um, actually, one last shout out. Shout out to uh, Anthony Rizzo for being my favorite trade acquisition, even though he went to the Yankees. Um, I, I've severely enjoyed watching him play to the point of I really hope that the Twins decide to sign him next year, even though there's not a chance in hell that's going to happen. But um, just I know he, I think he just got COVID. I was just going to say he just got injury <laughs> list, but <laughs> so I guess I won't be watching him for a couple weeks. But uh, just a, just a great example of just a team that 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 kind of stuff. We not saying that Brent Rooker could have turned us uh, into a, a Anthony Rizzo, but um, that's the kind of stuff where it's just like man, I. I just wish we had the the cojones to, to pull something off like that and started and do it. But that's why, yep. yeah. 2022 with the Cubs, with the Padres. He had three home runs in, in his first nine games with the Yanks, too. So, yeah, doing great. 281. Oh, but, anyways, on that note, uh, for Dave, this has been Woody. This has been Flyover Territory Podcast. The we'll catch you next Madison, time. Peace. Madison Bumgarner tribute continues. Always. Sonny Gray, shout out. Last <laughs> shout out there, too. All right. Catch you later. See you.